This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Look in the scriptures uh, over here. John, the fourth chapter, 23rd verse, New Living Translation. I'm just going to read it to you. This is Jesus interacting with uh, perhaps a woman that you and I would look down on. She had, you know, five men, all of them different. and She was shacking up with the sixth one, I guess it was. Amen. Back in that day, that wasn't normal. It might be a little bit more normal. <laughs> Today, but you know, back in that day, uh, it was you know it wasn't really the thing. <clears throat> it was a thing, so to speak. All right. Nonetheless, you know, listen, God, God doesn't judge this way that we judge. Amen. I mean, the disciples came back and wondered why he was talking to that woman. Are you listening? She was. This interaction happened in a place where she was avoiding all the other women. Because she was the talk of the town, they looked down upon, scorned, if you will. Boy, the Bible's full of folks that were that, that the world cast aside. Yes. Amen. I mean, but Jesus had compassion for that, see, because he was an illegitimate child. Something happened before he was born that his mom and daddy had to suffer the. Shame of. Now they weren't ashamed in front of God, but the world wanted to shame them. Are you listening? Whisperings. Look there. Here they are. Well, what's that all about? Well, let me tell you now. We need to pray for them. <laughs> Cause. Amen. So he's talking to this girl. And, uh, she was a little confused about how things really worked. She'd heard some things religiously, and, and she knew what other folks had said about, you know, and she brought up the thing that there, there was a racism thing going on there as well. Are you listening? Yes. She said, now you Jews, but we Samaritans. There's a, anytime anybody says, well, you black folk and us white folk, or you white folk and us black folk, be careful now. Are you listening? Are you hearing? Amen. Glory be to God. And you get to heaven, you ain't going down where the where the white folk live. Or where the black folk live. <laughs> oh, you you're gonna be right next door to people that you just oh anyhow. <laughs> Till you get it straight. Learn to love. Amen. Hallelujah. If you live that, uh, but if you live that way down here, we hope that when you do get to heaven, you get to stay. You get to stay, stay there. Amen. Praise the Lord, because you can't hate your brother, who you can see, and claim you love a God, who you can't see. You got to be careful, because it's real subtle. I said it's real subtle. Amen. Anytime you start to look down on somebody else, and feel superior to anyone else. Based on uh, character or on a proto, uh, 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 what do they call that thing? You know, it's ugly, whatever it is, whatever the fancy word you call it. Amen. 
It's just pride and it's ignorance and it's mean. Amen. Hallelujah. And ain't no room for it here. There'll never be room for it here. Amen. Well, why are you talking about that? So if it is here, it got to go. Amen. We'll just straighten it out right now. And you know, some folk come in, they go back out. We never do see them again. That's all right. Something they didn't like about him. It's all right. Boy, we wasted a good opportunity to get a little more of God and have a little less of that other stuff. Amen. Why are you talking like that? I don't know. I'll tell you what. I'm going to try to follow the Holy Ghost. It says, but he, but Jesus, see, he's not that way. He sees the... He sees people lost and saved, found, unsaved and saved, lost and found. Never looks on the outside. Only when God looks at us, he only sees lost and found, unsaved and saved. That's it. That's it says, but the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him in that way. Aren't you glad God came a-looking for you? Aren't you glad that God lives inside of you? Aren't you glad that God put you in the place where you're at with those folks that are like that and that he is looking for folks to worship him? In that way, a true worshiper. Oh, they might be devil worshipers right now. They might be idol worshipers right now. They might love their bass boat right now more than they love God. They might love the golf more than they love God. They might love their mama's cooking more than they love God. They might love entertainment more than they love God and bow their knee and to all that kind of stuff. But God is looking for those that will love him back the same way that he loves us with all of as our true worshipers, amen. You know, I was not a true worshiper of God. I put my fist in the sky and said, I don't believe there is a God. I can picture myself in the, in the kitchen table uh, of some folks uh, saying, I don't believe there is a God. Well, it didn't negate that God still is God. And I'm glad that he didn't, that he didn't judge me based on that because he wasn't threatened by that little foolish statement or that pipsqueak, you know. <laughs> Notion, he just loved me anyway. Sent a boy uh, like Jesus was sent to the well for this woman who would later on go and tell everybody, come meet a man. Come meet a man. Can't you imagine? Oh, here she goes again, another man. She's had five, she's got six, and now she's wanting us to meet another man. I met a man! Yes, sister, you have no doubt of what you have met you a man. She goes, no, 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 this one's different. <laughs> yeah, you got a different one, let's count them on, you know, you know, uh, 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 five years and five guys, now you're on number six, you're up in the ante, we're going to the third one in the same year, right? No, 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 you don't understand. This one told me everything about myself. Now listen, she wasn't talking about her outward condition. He was straightening out her theology and her, you know, are you listening? 
because she was saying, well, you know, uh, uh, and see, you'll have different people that have different filters and they'll, you know. But we have to help them to see Jesus, don't we? We don't need to preach them, uh, preach them our pet peeve and, you know, we don't need to have a stumbling we don't have to have a stumbling block. You know, when uh, Paul got saved, God spoke to a man named Ananias. He said, I want you to go down the street called Straight. There's a man there named Saul, and he's praying. I want you to go down there and lay hands on him. And Ananias said, that boy, have you heard about that boy? That boy's a bad one. He's person. He's killing folks. Lord, I've got a personal problem with people like that. See, God will send you to folks. If we say, here I am, send me. God will send you to folks. And the fact that maybe you're offended with them is, is God's waving the flag saying, I don't got nobody else. You're the only one paying attention. Everybody else just puts up with them, talks about them, you know, screw you and other things. You know, there are signals for that kind of thing. Let's see, one, two, three, four, the one in the middle. That's the only flag back they get from most folks. (gasps) The pastor. Yeah. It's just a person. They live in a real world. Amen. Anybody that does that to you signaling you, <laughs> I need help. I need help. I need some help. Amen. <laughs> My life is, has been diminished to such a little point that I'm just a little four-letter word going somewhere to happen. <laughs> Anybody ever been there? But you know what? God... Let's read this other message. God's just looking for real folk that need a real God. It's you who it's who you are and the way you live that count before God. Your worship must engage your spirit in the pursuit of truth. I love that. See, that even though I was dead spiritually, I was in the pursuit of truth. And I didn't really understand what it was. I was just looking for I was still in the pursuit of truth. Even when I said, God, I don't believe that there's a God, that's a heart still that was in the pursuit of truth. Somebody tell me the truth. Because everything that's being said and everything that's being shown somehow witnesses on the inside, I know that really ain't it. Because it doesn't fulfill and satisfy. It doesn't satisfy this pursuit of the truth. It's not a resting place for my soul. It's not a place where I say, that's it. That's the honest truth. That's the kind of people the Father is out looking for. Do you realize that, remember, remember, he doesn't have anybody, he lives in you, and he's always looking out for the nobody that to him is a somebody. For those that are simply and honestly themselves before him in their worship. 
<laughs> I worked with this boy in E.C. used to call everybody crackerhead. He said, you're just a crackerhead, Bruce. I love you. We're friends. Well, you're just a crackerhead when it comes to God. He said, and you know what? He goes, why I like you? He says, because if I call God a crackerhead, he goes, he's a, you're okay with that. I said, yeah, because he's not. He loves you, even if you call him a crackerhead. Now, I don't know what that meant. He was, you know, boy had been out there, out there, way out there, dope, and been to jail, and all kind of stuff. But you know what? I liked him because he was just honest. He was honest about where he was with God. Amen? And he was just one of those guys that, you know, I never leave behind. That song says, ended with, you never leave the one behind. I'm going to tell you what now. My faith is still out there for that boy. Because he was almost thou persuades me. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's not going to be left undone. I'm not done with you just because I never see you again. You are in my heart and always in my prayers. And every time I think of you, I thank God you will be saved. At some point in time. Hallelujah. Now I'll tell you there's been some stuff I've done and things I've seen and all, incidents and all that kind of stuff. I can forget what is behind, but I don't forget. I can forget the what, but I'm not going to ever forget the who. Amen. God is sheer being itself spirit. God's just God. He's just who he is. He ain't going to deny himself. Even if people call him this or that or misunderstand him or whatever, God's just sheer spirit. And listen, who is that? The father of all spirits. But I says, God is love. God is good. God is great. God is all light. The God is all of these things. And it don't matter whether folks don't believe it or not. He still is. Don't be threatened by the darkness be the light don't be threatened by all that stuff be the wind that comes into a place and everything changes amen pray yourself into a place of witness you don't have to say a word just when you come listen listen here comes God in you with you always confirming the word that you are living out the presence of God. Come out from, get into his presence, come out from his presence and bring his presence personally to the people around us. That's it. That's it. God seeks true worshipers. Those who worship him must do it out of their very being, their spirits, their true selves and adoration. This is the primary role of man to be a worshiper of God. This is the primary purpose of the Church, because the church is people, isn't it? To be a source of worship that ascends endlessly from earth to heaven, from his precious blood-bought people who are called by his holy name. He desires just one thing, and that's worship. Not simply singing songs, but lives that are lived. And we try, we, listen, we try to sing songs that this is the, this the outcry, it is the, out, is the outpouring of it shows where, you know, the God, it talks about, the God that we're coming to know. It speaks to where we are in our place and our purpose in Him. Amen? 
And where you are, you know, I just shared with uh, uh, Brandy, because every time I see her and Joe Nathan, I get happy. They make me happy. I don't even know why they make me happy. I just, when I'm around them, they make me happy. And I told her, I said, I said, you make God happy. Do you realize that? I said, this is just something that's who you are. It's something God has got on you, but also in you. You know, I said, so just be happy, making folks happy. Happy sales. You know, and she looked at me like, I don't know if I did anything to do that. And it's like, that's just God doing that in you. Just, you just be, work with him. Amen. Amen. They just make me happy. Amen. So if you're unhappy, get around those folks. They got happy on them. Amen. Happy is their thing. <laughs> it's just their thing. It's just a special supernatural thing. Honest to God. It's not a it's not a, you know, if they, you know, handed me five hundred dollars, oh, I'm happy with you now. <laughs> they don't have to do a thing. They're just who they are. You know, keep your five hundred. Make me happy. You know, I look forward to seeing them when they go out the door. They make me happy. The rest of you do too. Don't misunderstand me. You know, if you're, let me put it this way: if you're not here, you're missing. I'm unhappy about that. I wonder where you are. I wonder what's happening in your life. We we care about you. God forbid that she, we should actually care about you and not sin against you and pray for you. We do pray for you. We pray for you. We don't pray against you. We pray for you. I remember being one time sitting in a prayer meeting. This guy was a preacher, and he was praying over my life. And, boy, he was praying wrong. He was praying for God to fix me, this and that. And it was contrary to what I knew God had shown me and everything. Now, you know, and I said, God, listen to that. God said, what? And I said, he's just talking up a storm about me. And ain't none of it right. God says, well, if it's not my will, I'm not hearing it. Why are you listening to it? Boy, that helped me. Because, you know, folks folks don't know how to pray for you. Amen. That's why we speak a lot in other tongues around here. Because we need the Holy Spirit's help to pray for you. If you want me to pray what I really thought about you, you don't want me to pray what I really thought about you. You want me to put my feelings. And I don't want you praying what you really think about me. Just obey God. The Holy Ghost needs, needs to help us. Lord, I need some help because have you heard about that fella, that girl, that one down there? Of course we have, amen. God's different though, isn't he? We must do it out of our very being, our spirits, our true selves in adoration. It's not simply singing songs, but lives live for Jesus at all times in every circumstance. In every circumstance, you know, life is up, life is down. Life is mountaintops, life is valleys. Life is sunshiny days, life is full of storms. Life has trouble, life has triumphs. It's a lie to tell anything else. We're never going to just always stay in the valley. We're never going to stay always on the mountaintop. It's just not that way. But in every circumstance, in every situation, we're going to worship God. We're going to give him thanks. God, you're still God. I'm still going to trust you. I'm still going to believe you. And that's the the God that we show. We show them when we're up, when we're down, no matter what, wherever we're at, we're still going to worship God. We trust him. I don't know, but I know the one that does, and I'm going to trust him. 
Amen. I can't see, but he sees me, even in the darkness, and it's going to be okay. Because when I can't see him, even his footsteps, he still grabs a hold of me. He's still leading me. Amen. Um, is lives showing forth the love of God for all to see. Words filled with faith, hope, and love, strengthening the weak, lifting the downtrodden, giving hope, giving hope to the hopeless, and light for those held in darkness. You know, if you just look around you, there's somebody, you know, that's ahead of you. There's somebody that's behind you in the journey. And there's somebody that's right beside you. See? Are you listening? When we're helped, we do life together. When we're helped, we can help other folks. And there's always somebody. You say, I need help. Absolutely. I'm helped when I come and and walk with my brothers and sisters. Uh, I'm helped by the people that, that... who are walking in front of me say, I've been there, it's okay, you're going to come through this. I'm helped by the people that say, listen, you know, I got trouble too, but let's, let's trust God. But I'll tell you what, I want to be some help to people that are behind me. I want to, you know, I, sometimes I don't want to just pay it forward, I want to pay it back. I want to realize, you know, there are other folks. Might be hurting a little harder than I am. Might be a little less than I am. And I might not have much, but I'm going to share what I have with folks that have even less than I do. Amen. True worship is literally our life just poured out for Jesus. There's a picture of worship in, in uh, uh, Luke seven thirty six through 50 in the Message Bible. And it talks about a woman, again, another one. This is Jesus. The, you know, the church has such a problem with him because he just hung out with the bad kind of, the wrong kind of folk. What is it with you, Jesus? You just attract all these weirdos, these unacceptables, these Problem people are attracted to you. Why is that? Because he loves. Because he accepts them. Because he came to be the demonstration. You know. Isn't it funny that the church just goes. When he says your sins are forgiven. So this woman. Came and she started. Uh, she had a, a alab. Uh, she's uh, there's two different renditions of this. But she started crying and and washing his feet with her tears, and then she poured out an alabaster box, which was her life. Her life. It's a sinful life. It was wages she earned prostituting herself, selling herself to men. And she brought what she had saved out of that. You know, some people say, I can't come to God. Come to God with who you are and what you have and offer that to him. He says even that sinful line. Listen, see the religion saw, Jesus, Jesus. Religion saw a sinful life. Jesus saw a changed life. She wasn't offering him a sinful life. They said, doesn't he know this sinful woman that's touching him right now? And Jesus was, was accepting the, a changed life poured out in worship to him. 
The good news is that Jesus still changes sinful lives. And that glorifies him greatly. Greatly. Amen. You can do that for your homework. You do do homework, right? You do read the scriptures. Yeah, but we hear you one time. That's enough. <laughs> Listen to it one more time. See if you hear God in it. Hear me. Absolutely. You know, look at my hair. You know, look at how I sit. Look at my baggy britches because I'm losing weight. Glory to God. Amen. I said glory to God. You know, look at all those kind of things. But just one, just go one more time and see if God said anything to you out of that. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You're tricking us, Pastor. I know you're tricking us. The word will help you. You know, worship is the lifestyle of a Christian. We worship by how we live our life. It's not just a service we attend. It's the core of who we are as children of God. We worship by how we live our life. Isaiah 6, 1 through 8. I'm going to just read this and we're going to close out here real quick. It says, here he died. I saw the Lord high and exalted. You know, when, when uh, uh, Isaiah and Uzziah, uh, and Uzziah uh, had a special relationship, you know, there are special people in our life. You know, there are people that die I didn't know at all, and, and it's hard to care past a general compassion. But when people leave our life that we really care about, it's a time when we're maybe a little bit more sensitive, and we're looking for something greater than, is this all there is? Because they had shared meals and times together, life together kingdom purpose and assignment together and now he's gone so you look to the Lord and say you know is it true that when we die that we come before you it challenges that doesn't it challenges us to the deepest core of our being I can tell you there are a lot of people that have left the Christian faith because somebody died and they were believing that God would let them live well, God's not always, God's not the author of death. Death was not his idea. Matter of fact, it said death is an enemy and it will be put underneath our feet. And if the devil can get you off this planet any way, shape, or form before you fulfill your destiny, he'll absolutely do it. And he'll bring as many people down with you as he can. He'll make you question God, question the reality of heaven and earth and all these things because he'll set an unrealistic expectation before you that if you are a Christian and you just believe God, listen, because all things are possible, that you can, listen, that you can determine whether people live or die. Here's the thing. People choose whether they live or die. The Bible says that I set before you the blessing and the curse, life and death. Now you choose which one. And here's the realistic expectation. Everybody dies in this world. People that people die that are saved and people die unsaved. But is appointed on the men. Men wants naturally to die. Jesus dealt with that. He goes, listen. He goes, you'll die double death if you don't accept God. He said, but if you accept God, God, you accept what I'm saying to you. You accept my, my offer of salvation. You won't. You'll only die once. 
You'll die naturally, but you won't suffer the second death of spiritual death, eternal separation from God. That's the reality of where we're at. Amen? No wonder God is looking for those that are perishing. So the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes on him would not perish. So God's attention is on the perishing. Why? Because they're the closest one to that door. We thank God that we're that we that we went through the door of, of Jesus and we're in eternal life and every are you listening and worshiping him where that's concerned. But what about the lost one? Anybody know anybody lost around you? Anybody know anybody that you you would really have to question if they died tomorrow? If I heard tomorrow that they didn't show up to work and they had died, I would wonder whether or not they knew God. Some of you would say, I know they didn't know God. I mean, are you listening? And God's looking for that one. And you know the eyes he's using to look through them? them. Thank God Uzziah said, I saw the Lord. Well, he had to have been looking for him, wasn't he? See, the answer is God. And all the answers are in him. Well, I thank God, you know, that uh, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings, with two wings. And they were crying, Holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, the whole earth is full of his glory. He said, At the sounds of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. And his reaction was, Woe to me, I cried, I'm ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. One translation says, I'm a sinner. And I'm in the midst of a whole, uh, the whole people I'm with are sinners. <laughs> you know what God's answer uh, was to that? He touched him. Amen. He took a coal, sent an angel with a coal from the That is a type and a shadow, see, of Jesus' new life, see, uh, touching ours. As the Bible says, we believe in our heart. But we also confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. So he touched him. And after the Lord had touched him, because he said this, when he touched him, he goes, your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Your guilt's taken away, your sin is atoned for. He says, then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, send me. One translation says, who will go to represent, you know, when God, the purpose of God coming, uh, uh, the, whenever we're in the presence of God, Tasha said it so well. She goes, I came in one way, I went out another. When you go to your job, wherever interactions you are with the people of your life, while we're looking for the people for our life, see, the people of your life are the people for your life. Maybe not everybody, but somebody there. All right? And, and listen, if you'll, if you'll see the Lord in this, if you'll seek the Lord, if, you'll, if, you're, if your purpose is, is to just, is to know him, and then out of that make him known. When you really see the Lord, see, are you listening? And you come of that, people will see him in you. You don't have to tell them, they'll just see him. You're living in a reality of God, that reality, Amen. Wherever you go, there he is, because there you are, because you're together. We make this so hard, and it's not. It's just Jesus personal. 
Jesus present, Jesus personal, and Jesus powerful. That's it. He is the pursuit. I found that he is the truth, so he's the pursuit of my life now. He is the pursuit. It's not, it's not some abstract, you know, truth thing. It's a person. It's him. I'm, in, I'm worshiping God in the pursuit of truth. Truth for my life. Truth for other people. Because, see, this creates in us a, a, an upward vision, doesn't it? We see God. We see God. We see his big picture. We see ourselves, and we have an inward vision now. We see ourselves. And don't back off because you see some things wrong, you know. See, in his rightness, sometimes we get with him and, and, and we see our wrongness, and the devil will try to magnify that, but, you know, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus, it washes white as snow. See, I, when, when God sees me, he sees me white as snow. Why? Because of the blood of Jesus. Whether I apply, I don't have to apply that. That's been applied to my life by faith. I don't have to paint the doorpost of me. All that. I mean, all I have to do is say, Father... Because there was one that says, well, wait a minute now. See, wait a minute now. See, I'm going to my father who's now your father. I'm going to my God who's now your God because I got the blood poured out. Are you listening? I poured it out. Now he's yours as well as mine. There's an inward vision. Amen. Hallelujah. And then there's an outward version. There's an outward. You're going to hear God, God say, who's going to represent us? Who's going to go for us? Who's going to send? And that's us, isn't it? Because he did for us, so will I. So will I. Just who I am. Just what I do. You know, I could point to each and every one of you here. You're a pleasure, such a joy, so loved by God. And I want you to know we celebrate each and every one of you. Uh, But... uh, let me tell you about uh, Driving Miss Janet. We could make a movie, Driving Miss Janet. Blue jeans and a plaid shirt. Drives a Chevy truck. It's kind of low and slow, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, got a ranch hand bumper on the thing because she lives down where the deer frequent. I drive Miss Janet one time a month to the horse sale in Clay County. And uh, uh, everything is wonderful because I've learned to say, yes, ma'am. What, what, what you want? Yes, ma'am. Now, let me tell you about this lady. 82 years old. Loves horses. Loves people more. My mission is to drive the woman who's on a mission to her mission field. 
three bags of Bibles, three bags or five bags for the girls in the office. Her pockets loaded with gold coins, this and that, all that kind of stuff. And she makes sure that doesn't want to slight anyone. And old crusty, crusty boys, horse traders. For those of you who are not country people, city slicks, it's all right. We're blessed in the country. And they say, use car salesman. You get in the picture? Amen. <laughs> Let me go one step further. Timeshare agents, all right? <laughs> it's a good deal. Anybody can ride this horse. Can anybody stay on him? Anybody can ride this one. <laughs> You know the saying. Oh, it's a good car. Don't let that high mileage scare you. We'll just turn it back. <laughs> what won't scare you? 200,000 miles scare you? Ha! It's hardly got 70 on it. You, you know what I'm saying. And listen, I watched, I watched this woman on a mission work in her mission field. And crusty old folks, when she's not there, ask, where's she at? Where's our girl? Kiss this woman on the cheek. Make sure they get a hug from her. Because she cares. She shares. She just shares. We share a common interest, a common like. Horses and horse folks are different folks. I'm going to tell you. Bless them, Lord. Amen. Uh. But just being who she is, doing what she does. I could point out all different ones, but I, I just, you know. How, how many Bibles have you, have, have, have you originated now? How many? Five or six hundred. She gives them to people. You will work for Miss Janet whether you know it or not. <laughs> the UPS man, the gas man, the propane man, the FedEx guy who throws your stuff over the fence and runs off, <laughs> the mailman, anybody. Amen. She was recruiting last night. This one that she goes, she goes, uh, Do you know anybody you could pass some Bibles out to you to? Would you take some? I mean, she just... It's her mission field. It's her mission. I'm very successful in it. Just, just listen. We're going to a horse sale, you know, and sit there through three and a half hours or four, uh, you know, three hours. Now they've limited them to, you know... Brushes and combs and bridles and leather and, you know, saddles and bad jokes and, you know, uh, people that were had attention deficit as a child showing out, you know. Uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. Praise the Lord. I sit there and pray in other tongues and Miss Janet, you know. Uh, cares about the folks. Because God cares about those folks. 
So we go to church one time on Saturday in Clay County. Amen. Hallelujah. It wouldn't be church like you think about it, but it's church because we're there. Amen. And if anybody else is like, I'm with her, don't mess with her. She's God's girl. Amen. Does any of this make sense to you? No. See, God would point to each and every one of you, and he would... And, and at the point of where, and Pastor Ron's going to come, where you have agreed to say, so will I. And you are. Where you are, you're such a witness for God. Just maybe we'll bring God a little bit more measure. And all that is is maybe a little more willingness. God will use the most unlikely people. God will use the despised, the the rejected, those that the world will say, what are you doing hanging out with folks like that? But when they get in your presence, they cannot deny, you know, there's something different about you. What is that? It's not a what, it's a who. It's Jesus. wonder if you're here today and you've never given your heart. Because giving your heart means giving your life. See, God won't take a halfway heart. All the other stuff is perfect. He goes, but I'm not going to take a halfway deal. I'm going to hold out that it's got to be a win-win. It's not going to be I'm just going to fix things up a little bit for you. And then you don't need me anymore and you go on your merry way. That's not the deal. We're going to do this together. And it's going to be a win-win. You're going to win because I'm going to give you everything I am and everything I have. And I'm going to win because you're going you're gonna to give me everything you are and everything you have. And together, we're going to go win some other folk. We're going to win a world. Not everybody will take him up on his offer. Have you? You know, I've searched for significance and searched for satisfaction, searched for fulfillment in a whole bunch of stuff, a whole bunch of people, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to tell you what now. It only is found in the in this God being at the center. God being number one. And then everything else and everyone else will find its proper place. Amen. People have said for years, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming soon. I'll tell you at 61... It's a different light on that than there was at 23 when I got saved. I could look on the world stage and I could look at the church, look at all of the indicators, and I could honestly say, I believe Jesus is coming sooner rather than later now. I believe that. 
But you know, salvation boils down to today. This day. This is the one the Lord created. This is the one we're in. Let me ask you. Where are you at with God? If you feel like you need a little more of God, let me tell you the exchange is a little more of you. That's all. It's just that simple. If you want, if you want more of God and His stuff in your life, you got to clean out that room that you got all your junk in. And you're occupying and just say, you know, just make a little more space and you'll get a little more grace. It's that simple, amen? If you told me that you wanted to come and live with me, I'd have to make room for you. <laughs> amen? Because we pretty well live in all of our house right now. Just two of us. I don't know how we crowded all them other folks in there, but now just two of us, we like kudzu, we spread out. We tend to we tend to we, we, we tend to get blessed by God and we just spread out and take up our whole life with ourselves sometime, don't we? And God would like a little more room and and you know the thing about God, you know, when when he moves in he'll start saying, You know, I've got this friend. They're not quite like us. You might not like but I'd like to have them over for supper. You think we could make some room for them? Amen. And here he brings them in. Making more room in our heart. See, for not just him and us, but him and them. Amen. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. Let's, let's pray this simple prayer. Jesus, Jesus, I need a little more of you. I need a little more of you. I'm willing to give a little more of me. I'm willing to give a little more of me. Here's my whole heart. Here's my whole heart. You can have it all, God. You can have it all. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for having mercy on me. Thank you for having mercy. Thank you for great grace. Thank you for great grace. And even greater love. And even greater love. I thank you that you were so willing. Thank you that you were so willing. That I would not perish. I would not perish. But I would have everlasting I life. Have everlasting life. So Lord, I say this. Lord, I say this. You need somebody to go. You need somebody to go. You need somebody to send. You need somebody to send. Here am I. Here am I. So will I. So will I. God send me. Just to the one, the one you're looking for right now, the one that you're closest to right now, that needs you the most. Help me to see them. Help me to help you help them. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, now listen. There'll be folks up here to pray with you about anything and everything that concerns your life. Prayer makes power available. It's a powerful thing. If you if you uh, took Jesus up on his offer, whether for the first time or this time, okay, you seal the deal by 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 talking to somebody about it. You don't have to be all that, you know, all up in your business and all that kind of stuff. Both them and you probably would prefer not to go into de- de- great detail.
But you know what? With just three little words, you can, you can come up here and seal the deal and just say, you know what? So will I. See, so will I. God will know exactly what you mean. Uh, and I'm tell you, it's a powerful, powerful thing. When, when our lives, when we put action to our faith. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.